The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. On your feet, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Daniel. Thank you, Minister Micah. We are completely unashamed about being tithers. Teach it, encourage it, preach it, want you blessed. Amen. Obliterating your idols, our text we take from the book of Daniel, the only book that's written in Hebrew as well as a small section of Aramaic. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew and Aramaic, and the only Aramaic you find is in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 28, a very uh, famous passage of Scripture, familiar to many, a text that's impacted me over the years. But this particular uh, focus is something that I, I don't think I've preached from before, from other texts perhaps, but I don't recall preaching from this one. I'm going to deal tonight with the idol of pride. So brace yourself and get ready to be encouraged in the Lord. You're all there. Daniel chapter four, verse 28. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months. He was walking about in the royal palace of Babylon And the king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power for the honor of my majesty? Dude, verse 31. And while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men. And your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And they shall make you eat grass like oxen. Seven times shall pass over you. Until you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. And gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers. His nails like bird's claws. It's like the first werewolf snarfing at the grass. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed, I what? I blessed the Most High and praise and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will. In the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, no one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? 
At the same time, verse 36, at the same time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles restored to me. I was restored to my kingdom. And excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All of whose works are truth and his ways justice. And those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. <laughs> Heavenly Father, you're so wonderful. Come and speak to us tonight. We don't want to have any idols. And so tonight, God, we pray that you would examine us by your spirit and that you would put your hand upon places on the inside of us especially those areas of pride you can do whatever you want to do and say whatever you want to say and we will not stop you every man every woman every child be brought low you be glorified and magnified tonight Move beyond pen and paper and ink. Move beyond the, the finite mind that, that we have and speak to us out of the volume of your word that we would be transformed and changed into your very image and likeness, Lord, and character. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. How do you define pride? Huh. Well... As I said, we're in the midst of a series, and we're dealing with idols. Now, we, we talked about an idol of lust. Now, if you've not heard that message, and you want to be set free, you, you want to listen to that. It's on YouTube. It's on our YouTube channel. It's on the podcast. It's, it's on the website. You can go and, and click the archive and find it. Um, obliterating the idol of lust. And so we dealt very strongly with that. It affected many people as I got phone calls and, uh, and people communicated to us that it was a powerful word. I have no doubt that it will affect you. Lust, the idol of lust, is all over our culture, all over. And somebody needs to deal that thing a blow. And so we attempted to do that and believe that we did to some degree. But it's, it's something that we have to stay, keep before us, the idol of lust. We talked about the idol of ingratitude out of the book of Romans and how if you allow for your heart to become ungrateful you're headed for judgment and so now tonight we deal with the idol of pride and it is kind of hard to define pride but we'll make an attempt at it going to be a lot of scripture tonight I could just preach and encourage you and exhort you and, and give you thoughts and ideas that are scriptural but I'm going to give you the word of the word of God you will hear tonight and uh, I might move Faster than you can write. So if I do, do you go ahead and take notes and look it up later. To define pride, arrogance, presumption, smugness, selfishness. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. In the Hebrew there, it means a swelling excellence. In other words, that you're so caught up in being excellent that actually you're consumed by it. The very word pride goes before a fall or before destruction. Goboth 
is that word a haughty spirit is the word goboth in Hebrew. It's tied to atheism. It's tied to atheism. What do you mean by that? It means that somebody with a haughty spirit, they're so self-reliant that they have just independence from God so much so that they don't even believe in him because they're all that, a bag of chips or three Coca-Colas. A haughty spirit. Psalm 10 verse 4, the wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. There's that word proud, gobot. It gets so self-consumed that there's no place for God. Pride is at the very core of our fallen selves. And that's why we struggle with it. We, we all struggle with pride. You're like, not me. There you go. That's pride right there. <laughs> you can even have pride about how humble you are. Watch. Who's the most humble person here? Okay, there we go. See, you can have pride about being humble. I mean, it's crazy. Well, the further our culture drifts from Christianity, and I do believe we're headed for a great revival, but make no bones about it, we're drifting from Christianity and the truth of God's word, and that's evident by everything we see everywhere. The further we drift away, the more people are even criticized for being humble, for being meek, for having and displaying the qualities that are found about Christ. You display them in the world and you're rejected as being somebody weak or not strong or maybe not confident. People pay a thou thousands of dollars for seminars. I paid thousands of dollars. My parents paid thousands of dollars to send me to seminars when I was in high school. The S training and men and power was another one I went to. And all kind of Eastern mysticism mixed together with secular humanism empowering me to realize that I'm God, but I forgot. And if I could just remember, then I can walk on a bed of coals and, and uh, Tony Robbins and all of that, the power of the mind, all of that. Are you down on that? Oh, it's absolutely. Yes, because it gives no acknowledgement to God. And when others power displayed without giving God honor, that becomes demonic. Oh yeah, you've got power to create. You're made in God's image. Of course you got power to create. But when you don't give glory to God, then you begin to develop a spirit or receive a spirit or walk in a spirit that's basically antichrist in nature and you open up yourself to demonic power. Now listen, don't be wowed by people walking on coals of fire and, and doing all kinds of supernatural things. Anytime you see anything supernatural that does not give glory to Jesus, it's not from God. I don't care how they got healed. I don't care what kind of radiant, bright light doesn't give glory to Jesus. It's straight not from heaven. Even, even uh, the word of God says that the angel, the devil comes as an angel of light. Don't be moved by miracles. Don't be moved by those things. Be moved by truth. Be moved by the word. And the word's very plain and clear about it. And so these seminars, I mean, they basically teach you pride. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I mean, people who pay thousands of dollars, you know what, you know, one of the ways of sneaking in now is through multi-level marketing. So you go through multi-level marketing, multi-level marketing can be wonderful. It can also be very evil. In other words, if you use relationships to ingratiate yourself to make money, so you build relationships to make money, I think that's wrong. I'll never do any, you're never going to get any multi-level marketing thing from me. And I know others think differently, and, I, and well, what about helping people get out of poverty? I'm all for that. Amen. If you can find a framework to do that with a clear conscience before God, well, praise the Lord, I can't, so I'm not going to. But many times in these multi-level marketing things, they send you to these seminars to teach you how to sell better and 
be better. And basically, it's seminars of pride. What is what it is? If you go and like we don't have enough problems, you're going to pay a thousand dollars to go learn to be more prideful. Pride was at the very root of uh, of Satan's rebellion. And uh, Paul, in his letter to Timothy on qualifications for overseers, for leaders, says this. 1 Timothy, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 6. It says uh, about qualification for leaders, verse 6 says, not a novice. In other words, don't raise up a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he'll fall into the same condemnation as the devil. He's saying, be careful that you don't raise up somebody who's really young in the faith because they can end up getting pride and fall in the same condemnation as the devil. Turn to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12. And if you're able to put these up on the screen, that would help those who don't have Bible, please. Minister Mike, if you'd assist back there, appreciate it. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you were cut down to the ground, how you who weakened the nations. For you have set in your heart, I, listen to how many eyes are in here. I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mountain of congregation of the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend to the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Bam. He's instantly tossed out of heaven. It's talking about the fall of, uh, of Lucifer. And he became Satan, pride. It's, it's what got Adam and Eve the boot from the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. Turn to Genesis 3 if you're able. Genesis 3, here's the ugly one. You don't want to talk to him. Don't parlay with the devil. Don't talk with the devil. Eve was confused. I think Adam failed and didn't teach her about the, the, the difficulties and the dangers of the garden. You say, well, how did Adam know? Because it says in, in Genesis, and, and God put Adam in the garden to tend and to keep. The word is shamar in the Hebrew, to shamar, to, to keep the garden. In other words, protect it, to tend it, to keep after it, to protect it. It means that if you're going to protect it, there's something out after, you know, the, to destroy it. And so Eve is talking to Satan, and look at this, Genesis 3, verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God says, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, which is interesting, because God didn't say that. God didn't say you can't touch it. He said you can't eat it. Look how she exaggerates and adds to the word of God. You can't touch it lest you die. Verse 4, then the serpent said to the woman, you'll surely not die, liar. Verse 5, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. You know what's amazing to me? The devil comes to tempt you, comes to tempt me with what we already have. She was already like God. She was already made in the image of God. And he says to her, well, God, you know, God knows that when you ate of it, then you're going to be like, you already are, sweetheart. Knowing good and evil, and it basically tempts her with the very thing that got Lucifer in trouble, gets Eve in trouble. It's pride. Everybody say pride. pride. If you're breathing, you're going to have to deal with pride. Most of you are breathing right now. If you're breathing, you're going to have to deal with pride. And this story of Nebuchadnezzar is important because in the story, we see some keys of how to, how to obliterate the idol of pride. But I, I, you might need to do it every day. In other words, because you're a human being, you're going to have to struggle with it. 
until it's over. God judges Nebuchadnezzar for his pride. And the first thing he does is he warns him in a dream. He gives him a dream and the dream is a warning. And I want to tell you tonight that you're here, those under the sound of my voice. I'm warning you, giving you a warning from the Lord. You must guard yourself against pride. You must deal with pride aggressively because if you don't, you're headed for judgment. And so God warns him in a dream and Daniel comes, interprets the dream and judgment could have been averted. But 12 months later, and it's interesting how God just allows for grace. He gets the dream. The dream's interpreted. Hey, Nebuchadnezzar, you're being warned, dude. 12 months goes by, a whole year goes by, then he gets spankings. A whole year. Gives him a whole year to repent. He doesn't repent, and then he gets judgment. Judgment falls the moment he exposes his pride. Look at verse 30 of Daniel chapter 4. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling place by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? while the word was still in his mouth, and he's judged. Pride will cause you to be isolated from people. He's certainly sent out. Like I said, it becomes the first werewolf. I mean, he gets these long nails. He's totally insane. He's scarfing at the grass, barking at the moon. His hair becomes like eagle feathers, and he's totally insane, and he lives outside. I mean, that's basically what he loses. He loses everything. But look at C. Sanity is restored when he prays and honored and glorified the Most High. And you'll see that in verse 34. We spoke about last week, uh, the last time we were in this series about ingratitude. You have to be thankful. You say, you don't know what I'm going through. You've got something to be thankful for. You can thank God for something. And God is the one that it's every good and perfect gift comes down from him. Come on, you can thank God for something. You can give praise to God for something. You can glorify God about something, no matter how difficult it is. We've got to thank God. How how often do you say thank you? I said that last week. How how often do you do that? How often do you say thank you to your spouse? Thank you to your leaders? Thank you to your employer? How often do you say thank you to your small group leader? How often are you saying thank you? How often do you say thank you for your children? To your children? How often do you thank your kids? Sure is humble. uh, Humble. Sure is quiet in here. We're We're hoping we become humble in here. Amen. God will humble those who walk in pride. Look at D. And that's really the key of the passage. Throughout Scripture, you'll see anybody who raises up and becomes prideful, they get, to, they get dealt with. You remember Herod? It didn't go so good for him. Homeboy got eaten by worms. What does that look like? He just bust open with worms and they ate him. He fell over. Oh, no more Herod. Wow. Over and over, you'll see examples in Scripture of how pride and the results of judgment. Now, I, I've, <laughs> I've been humbled many times. And um, I welcome that, Lord. If I need to be humbled, bring it. <laughs> because pride will kill you. So if you have something in your life, if you have an idol of pride in your life, you'd better hope that God releases something on you to wake you up. 
There's so many, you know what? Sometimes evangelists make me sick. I'm just saying. And then I laid hands on them and they got healed. I, in fact, many people, you know, they go on and on about how they, them, the anointing that's on my life. And when I'm there, I prayed, me, I, me, uh, we laid hands, God, glory to God. But I was doing it and I was there. And if you'll just bring them to me. Oh, shut up. It just makes me sick. Okay. I'm in ministry, so I see some of this stuff. We don't have that kind of folk preach here. And we love them, you know. And for the grace of God, you know, you, you God, God, God has no problem keeping you humble. But you've got to check yourself. going to give you some seven keys tonight. Not five, seven. Seven keys here in just a moment. God will humble those who walk in pride. All right, how to obliterate pride. Very simple. Seven things. The first thing is commit yourself to honor and edify other people. Amen. Somebody said it to me this way. Just don't, don't, don't say I a lot. Just don't say I a lot. Keep yourself out of the conversation. Now, there's nothing wrong with testifying about what God did and praise the Lord. But Romans 13 verse 7 says, render therefore to all that are due. And it goes on to say, give honor to whom honor is is do give other people honor build other people up come on when you're on your way home give honor wonderful driving honey (laughs) try that maybe he'll slow down it's important to be committed to honor people the first key in the, in the seven keys of how to obliterate the idol of pride, commit yourself to honor and edify others. Here's a couple other scriptures. Ephesians 4 verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now, this is amazing to me. We did a series on grace. Grace is the most powerful, powerful thing in the world. In the universe. And you can actually let your mouth be used by God to release his power on somebody's life. By what you say. By the way, the only way the devil can speak is if he borrows your mouth. The only way the devil can talk in your house is by renting your mouth. And some of you allow him to take up resident in your mouth. My son is memorizing a scripture. I should have memorized it with him. but There's power in the tongue. There's life and death in the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. You either tear down, you're either on God's building crew. Is, is anybody, do I need to come down and spend a little extra time? Does, are you hearing me? You can release the power of God through your mouth or you can release the power of the devil. So what you're releasing? Amen. Under the shadow of his wings, we find refuge. But you can be under somebody else's shadow. Well, Hallelujah. What, how, how'd you do with your mouth today? How'd you do with your mouth? Did you build other people up? You want to get rid of pride, build other people up. Stop talking about yourself. Build everyone. Nice hair today. You look handsome. In fact, I like the jacket Thank you, and the matching shirt. You're just handsome. Right. Nick, handsome. And you can preach too. Yes, and you're, you're, you're just one of the greatest men I know of mercy and, and such kindness and gentleness. Now, doesn't that feel good? You know, we need to get our confidence from the Lord, but I'm going to tell you something. You can speak to people. You look lovely tonight, babe. 
Why, thank you. You can speak and come on, say something nice to the person next to you. Let no corrupt word. Many times we have corruption coming out of our mouths. One of the ways you deal with pride is by honoring other people. See how many nice things you can say. Come on, some of you are not eating food and you're fasting, believing for miracles, but you're filled with dead men's bones. You're just, you might as well starve to death. Fast negativity, try that. Start speaking live. Come on, you're the prophet over your own lives. You're going to tear down pride. Start building up and honoring others. Amen. Philippians 2. Verse 1, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort and love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of full accord and of one mind. Do nothing. Do nothing. Verse 3, Philippians 2, 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit or pride, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. You deal with pride. Learn to meet the needs of other people. Learn to reach out. Honor them. Amen. And the second thing in our series of seven, truly love others. You want to really get roasted, just take out 1 Corinthians 13. And our culture says, oh, I love you, baby. I love, they don't know that that's I lust you. They should just say, I lust you, baby. I lust you. Because that's not really what love is. We know what love is. It's defined by 1 Corinthians 13. Verse 4, love is patient. Well, you just knocked out half the church right there. <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable. What? <laughs> what? Or resentful. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. That's what love is. You ought to memorize that. Put it on your fridge. You just read it every day. I'm being convicted. Anybody else besides me? Jesus, help me. We like to think of ourselves as loving human beings. Then you read that and you're like, I'm smoked. Jesus, help me. <laughs> Love has nothing to do with warm fuzzies and all your hair standing on end. It has everything to do with being patient, kind, not envying, not boasting, not being arrogant or rude. It has everything to do with not demanding your own way or being irritable. Irritable. I repent right now. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> Pastor Karen, forgive me. <laughs> Sorry. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endure all things. My goodness. Love depicted in the movies is totally tied to pride and lust. It has nothing to do with what real love is most of the time. Well, let's move on to the next one before we get really convicted. Look at C. Keep in mind that everything you have is a gift from God. So thank God for him. We're talking about how to walk in humility, how to deal with the idol of pride. One, honor others. Honor others. Use your mouth to edify and bless other people. Quit talking about yourself. When people leave the conversation, they should feel like you just, they just feel like they just got built up. Not like they just got sucked into the vortex of your own little world of pride. How great you are. You ain't all that great. You know it. Number two, love, love people, truly love people. Number three, 
What's number three? Well, everything you have is a gift, so thank God. 1 Corinthians 4, 6. I've applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn not that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up, there's pride right there, in favor of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? In other words, he's saying everything's a gift. If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? In other words, you boast like you've got this thing, like you're someone better than somebody else. Listen, everything we have is a gift. Come on, the size of your nose, the size of your ears. You might think that you have the perfect size nose. You might think your nose is too big. The truth is that God made you. And he made your, the one sitting next to you. And, and scripture is clear that even the persons next to you's angels see their face of God every day. Oh, we, 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 everything we have is a gift, which look at, look at Romans 12. For by grace, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you that you ought not to think more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment according to the measure of faith that God has given us. And really, this moves on to the next point. Don't compare yourself with others. Don't compare yourself with others. That's inferred by 1 Corinthians 4 and Romans that I read. Because it's pride that you would feel better, that you're better than somebody else. Oh, but, but this next one's going to hurt some of you because you're, you're into degrading yourself and thinking of yourself worse than somebody else. Listen to me right now. That's pride turned inside out, sweetheart. It's the same thing. Oh, I'm such a worm. Oh, it's, it's, it's false humility. It's just false humility. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of everything that God... Oh, shut it. I didn't say shut up. I said shut it. That's different. When you say you're not worthy, here's what you're saying. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you have a problem with unworthiness. You feel like you're not worthy of God's blessings. You feel like you're not worthy of God's goodness. Let's just stick a fork in this thing once and for all, shall we? This is really what it is. Let's, let's put a cap in the head of this thing. Okay. When you say you're not worthy, here's what you're saying. You're saying basically that what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary, his, shed, his blood that was shed is just not enough for you to make you righteous, just not enough for you to wash you of your sin, just not enough for you to make you new, just not enough for you that you really actually want God to do something more, that you're so extra special in your ugliness that God needs to do something more than send his one. I'm preaching better than your amen and wants to do something more than send his one and the only begotten son to die and, 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 and die on a cross and rise again for the I'm going to tell you, it's not going to come again that way. We're in this great tension between the first and the second coming of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, he paid it all for you so that you could be free, so that you could be healed, so that you could be blessed. And when you say, I'm not worthy, I'm just not worthy, you're saying, God, what you did is not enough for me. Now, if that's not pride, I don't know what it is. Stop it. Come on, somebody say, stop it. Stop it. Look at your neighbor and say, are you glad you came to church on a Wednesday night? Come on, bump your neighbor and say, woo, yeah, hallelujah. Woo. He's talking to somebody else. He ain't talking to me. Praise God. Don't compare yourself with others. Galatians, 
6, verse 3. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work or actions. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not his neighbor. Listen, what he's saying is this. Don't compare yourself to not one other person. Compare yourself to the King of Kings. Compare yourself to Christ Jesus. Compare yourself to Jesus. That's who we're supposed to look to. That's who we're supposed to model our life after. Remember the story of, uh, of Peter. Jesus is risen again and they, you know, they, they've gone fishing. Peter's at the fire getting restored by Jesus. You know, do you love me? I, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Does it three times. He rejects the Lord three times. He restores him three times. Creates really the same. The last time he rejected the Lord was at a fire. Now they're at a fire about to have breakfast and, and the Lord restores him. And he tells them the means by which he's going to die. In other words, another's going to gird you. You're going to live an old life. And I think that's why later on in the book of Acts, when he's got four squads of soldiers, he wasn't sweating it because he had a word from the Lord. And ain't going to worry about losing his head. They had just killed, uh, just had some martyr take place and Stephen's dead. And then they killed James. And so Peter's next and he's got four squads of soldiers and soldiers and the angel had to kick him to wake him up. Why? Because he had a word from the Lord that he's going to be old and he ain't worrying about anything. Thing. That's why. Some of you worry. Just get the word of the Lord and don't worry about it. Amen. And so he's telling me you're going to be old and this is, the, this is how it's going to happen. And, and here comes John and Peter says, well, what about him? And Jesus says, what's it to you if he lives until like the day I come? What, what's that have to do with you? It's, he's rebuking. He's pride. He's comparing himself. Don't compare yourself. It's pride either way. Either you're going to be really encouraged or you're going to be really discouraged, and both are pride. Did you get that? Oh, hallelujah. Live in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Live in the mind of Christ. You read Galatians, you're struck by the fact that the, the fruit, Galatians 5, 16, I, I then say, walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Pride is your flesh. It's part of your fallen human nature. You get filled with the spirit and you stay filled and you say, what do you mean stay filled? I mean, you leak. All of us leak. There's successive fillings. You should get filled every day. Every day you should seek to get a fresh baptism of his presence. And by doing that, you'll be able to stay away from being prideful. The spirit will help you. Amen. Choose to walk humbly. It's a choice. First Peter 5, talking about wives, submit one to another. It's a choice to submit. It's a choice to submit. Well, that shows my weak. No, it doesn't. It shows your strength. Don't be a fool. Submit one to another. Love each other. Take the low road. God will exalt the humble, but he humbles the prideful. I remember, do you remember? I'll never forget this. Benny Hinn was coming to our church in Maui. And there was more people that came from more places. I mean, I have people I've never, never seen before. I mean, I think they flew in from everywhere. Now, my wife and I sat right where you're sitting, Toby. 
right? It was like my family row. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, that was my row, man. It was there or here, you know, it's three or four. And I sat there. And I just, oh, I mean, I didn't miss church. I never missed church. Just like you always sit in there. You always sit there. Yeah. yeah. I always, always sat there. That's where I sat. I sat there with my mother. Then Karen became part of the family and we sat there and that's where we sat. And I remember I was serving and everything. Benny Hinn's coming. The place is jammed, jammed. Oh yeah. We're in the choir and I've got my seat saved. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I saved my seat. So we sing in the choir, the choir thing's done. I come down and lo and behold, this lady's in my seat and my stuff's in the aisle. I said, um, did you move my stuff? She says, she just looks off to the right or whatever. I said, excuse me, did you move my stuff? She goes, I'm sitting here. Okay. Okay. I'm sitting here. And I thought, oh, you, oh, I mean, we just had this move of the spirit had God all over me five minutes later. And then I'm all, ah. anybody know what I'm talking about? How is it that we can be just filled with the spirit, loving anybody. And then you just want to kill someone. How is that? Is that does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is it just me? I, just, I got so angry. I mean, my blood boiled. I said, no, really? Like I sit there every week. And I know, how spiritual, right? I sit there every week. I said, that's, you see that stuff? That's my stuff. Either you or your husband moved it, whatever. That's my seat. I was singing in the choir. I'm sitting there. Not anymore. And I just thought, now what am I going to do? Right? Is that what I'm going to do? Uh, that probably wouldn't have been too spiritual. Hey, man, that wasn't very Christ-like. I was feeling like that in the moment. I'm just kind of trembling. I'm dissed. Don't you know I'm a leader in the church? You know what I mean? I thought, oh, you know what? God bless you. May the Lord bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. Praise God. And I walked off and I was just like, ah, ah. And I just like, oh, that's nasty. I felt dirty. The spirit's off me now. I'm unanointed and miserable. And I just like had to repent. Lord, forgive me. And I had to just forget it. And Karen, you were upset too. I remember you were upset too, but I was really, I, I was really hot. My mom almost snatched her weave. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So much. But we, anyway, we, we, we got out of that situation and we, we, we got back and we were able to get a hold of ourselves and just like, okay, okay, take the low seat. Just, just do the Proverbs, man. Listen, some of you need to read the Proverbs. It's like, okay, I want to be up front. I saved my seat. I'm going to, let's go, let's go to the balcony. Forget it. You know what? God knows where we are. We just thought this is the flesh. I, Lord, forgive me. I think I went and apologized and repented if I remember correctly. And I just thought, man, I'm here for you, Jesus. What am I doing? You fool. There I am. Old man, bride of Frankenstein, craw craw crawled off the cross and out of the grave once again. Ah, give me my seat in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so, so we got our stuff together and we said, okay, we're going, we're going to the nosebleed section. Let's go sit in the nosebleed. Praise God knows where we are. And it's like, forget it. Just like, oh, forgive me, Lord. We walk up to go to the nosebleed section. And one of the pastors, I think it was Pastor Kamau. I'm heading into the nosebleed section. I'm up there already. He looks at me and says, come here. 
He calls me down. I said, yes, sir. He says, you're not sitting up there. He said, you're sitting behind Dr. Morocco and behind Benny Hinn. See that seat right there? Give your whole family. Go sit up there. You and Pastor, you and Karen, go sit up there. Benny Hinn's here. I could have touched his head. I mean, I was like a new believer, you know, and Benny Hinn was like, oh, hallelujah. Oh, the Lord is so beautiful. I mean, I just wanted to get touched by God. I mean, he's like a Christian celebrity to me. And, and I, I could have gone like this. I thought about it. I'm sitting behind. I'm sitting behind him like, hallelujah. I should be like, I could just touch him right now. I think. <laughs> hallelujah. Pastor Karen and I, I was like, hey, I just waved at the person in my seat. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 But truly, we got our hearts right before the Lord. I think I got prideful the second I was sitting behind Benny Hinn, but you know what I'm saying is you, if you get a humility, God will elevate you. Amen. I think I got humbled shortly thereafter for my pride for sitting behind blessed man, blessed. Choose, it's a choice. I just had to swallow it, get rid of that bad attitude, turn, say, you know, please forgive me, I'm sorry. And she's like, mm-hmm. And I was totally in the wrong. And I should have given my seat to her to begin with and taken a, somebody who's never been to church before. Maybe she wasn't even saved. And what's wrong with you? I'm talking to myself. Be like, that's my seat. You ugly thing. <laughs> it's a choice to walk in humility. Take the low road. It doesn't feel good right at first, but afterward there's a resurrection. All right, we're almost done. G. Number seven, seek wisdom. <laughs> Proverbs 11.2. Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes shame. Listen, I, I'm giving you the word of God. If some of you will get a hold of the fact You all right, Minister Micah? <laughs> I think he's being touched. <laughs> get him, Jesus. He needs to be refreshed. Amen. Oh, thank you. Can you play? <laughs> You're relieved of your, of your duties. <laughs> Come, on. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Oh, God. Lord, we love you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever your challenge is in life, whatever idol the Lord's revealing to you, you get the word of God on it. You sit down. You read the word. You commit it to memory. You put it on a flashcard. And you wield that thing. You wield it like a sword and you just hack the opposition to pieces. And most of it's within yourself.
You're usually the last one to know. Hey, yeah. Stand up all across this place. Come on, just let the Lord touch you. You know you're all messed up, so just repent. Just like me, I fried as I did my message. I thought, oh, especially that love thing. Irritable. Love is not irritated. We need your help. We need to be freshly touched. We need to be filled. Lord, we leak. We're thankful for all the fillings that you've given us before. But God, we're hungry for more. We're hungry, God, for you. Help us. We want to use, Lord, your word and speak words of life. We want to release grace. We don't want to compare ourselves. We don't want to be a people of pride. Forgive us, Lord, for where we've been prideful. Forgive us, God, for where we've not been loving at all. We've been rude. We've been irritated. We've not been patient. We've been impatient and filled with ingratitude. God, we repent before you. I repent before you. And ask, Lord, now that you would come upon us. You feel the Spirit of God on you right now. Come to the front. I mean, you can sense, man, there's a stirring. Something's happening. Something's happening right now. 
Just come lift your hands to the Lord. like you talk yeah wanna be like you Jesus wanna be like you wanna walk like you walk wanna talk like you talk yeah Lord release your power Jesus wanna be like you you reward wanna walk like you walk Talk like you talk. Wanna be like you, Jesus. Wanna be like you. Wanna walk like you walk. Wanna talk like you talk. Wanna be like you, Jesus. Wanna be like you. Wanna walk like you talk. Wanna talk like you talk. Wanna be like you, Jesus. Wanna be like you. Wanna walk like you walk. Wanna talk like you talk. Wanna be like you, Jesus. Wanna be like you. Wanna walk like you walk. Like you talk, wanna be like you, Jesus. Wanna be like you. Wanna walk like you walk. Wanna talk like you talk. sing to Jesus. Just make up your own song. Hallelujah. 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 You're here tonight and the devil beats up on you and it is the devil. The devil beats up on you about how you're not worthy. I mean, you just struggle with self-worth. You want to get rid of it tonight? Quickly come right now. Quickly, quickly, quickly come to the front. Come on, come. Come, come, come. I mean, he give you a list, a long list of what makes you not worthy. I give you one word, one, one item on the list. It's very simple. It's very simple. He took your sin and he died on the cross. His blood covers you. That is what makes you worthy. Father, in Jesus' name, write that thing right now. Saturday right now. Freedom tonight. Wanna be like you. Wanna be like Holy Spirit. You, Jesus. Wanna be like you. Wanna walk like you walk. Jesus. Wanna talk like you talk. Wanna be like you. Jesus. Wanna be like you. 
Pastor Vince. Wanna talk like you talk. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, no, just thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify you. We magnify you. close tonight Carol Conway if you would pick some of your uh, some of your crew for some presbytery if you would please for me thank you amen we've got a crew of people that prophesy God shows them things I'd like to ask if you if you'd come would you come can we prophesy a whole bunch over you would you come just come stand right here I'm just going to turn the team loose on you if you have an iPhone, I think you guys got a phone. You might want to record it because it won't be over the main, the main deal. So get your phone so you can press record. Amen. Did you get something tonight? Carol, you got your team with you? Nobody's here? All right. Well, Carol, Pastor Vince, would you come just right over here, please? And... Um, that'll do very good take someone by the hand oh let me do this first every head bowed every eye closed you're not right with God and if you could hold up on prophesying over them right now just hold up a second if you're not right with God give your heart to Jesus won't you tonight get right with him tonight don't wait don't wait don't wait don't wait if that's you you need to get right with Jesus do it right now. If that's you, just pray this right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Come into my heart. Come into my life and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Minister Micah, if you're able to stand, are you? Okay, would you come and get a part of this presbytery team, please? Would you come up here and prophesy over those guys? Let's close tonight. Thank you for coming. I hope you got encouraged. Don't miss. You can go stand with Pastor Vince. Go do it as a team. Amen. Just, I just want to prophesy over this couple right here. So just, just, just them. Lord, we bless them. We thank you. Here, one more thing. Reach your hands out. What are your guys' names? Diamond. Two are better than one. All right. Lord, we thank you for the diamonds. We thank you for Minister Chris's family and for the deposit they've made, Lord, here into my staff and to my life and my wife and this church. And we bless them right now and pray that you release a good word, a strong word, an encouraging word, an empowering word. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do right now through the presbytery in Jesus' name. Please record, guys. All right? Wonderful. All right, take someone by the hand. Lord, bless you. Lord, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance towards you. Be gracious to you give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.